We are on a series on the book of Exodus. It started with Genesis 1, and we're moving through the Pentateuch, or Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament, which is for the Jew, for Israel, just one book. Exodus 13. God made a covenant with Abraham because Abraham believed God. Abraham would become the patriarch of the nation of Israel, but not only Israel, even other nations. It was God's promise to Abraham that he would be a father of many nations. Yet the covenant would be through Isaac down to Jacob, who was renamed Israel. That's why they are known as Israel. And God told Abraham that his descendants would be oppressed as slaves way before the tribes were formed. Abraham, without a son, God already told Abraham that his descendants will be as slaves. But God promised that he would punish the nation that oppressed them and that Abraham's descendants would come out with great wealth. You can find that in Genesis 15 verses 13 and 14. And as we have been studying, after God's ten plagues against Egypt, the stubborn Pharaoh would let Israel go. God would then lead his people to safety. And the title of this sermon is Follow God's Lead. Follow the leading of God. God is a God of promise. He said to Abraham, you shall be a father of many nations. Without having a son, God trusted Abraham. Because God keeps his promises. The very word covenant means an agreement. An agreement. In the Bible, when we see the word covenant, it is God making an agreement with men. That's why we have the Abrahamic covenant. We have the Mosaic covenant, which is would be in Mount Sinai. The laws were be given. That would be a covenant. And then Jesus, when he proclaimed, I give you a new covenant, a new agreement. So I'd like to define when we see covenant in the Bible with God. It is a divine agreement where two parties should agree. In modern day, it's like a contract, although some of us do not honor our contracts. That's why people have to go to court because somebody did not honor the contract. There is a contract between God and men. Through Christ, he has given his covenant that everyone who has faith in him, believe in him. By the way, that includes repentance of sin, a turning away from sin. He makes a covenant, a promise that they shall be saved by his grace. That they are passed from judgment. That there will be no more judgment against them should they follow their part. And of course, this grace of God, what follows there is sanctification and holiness. Point number one, God led Israel through the wilderness. So, Pharaoh said, go. 
And the Egyptian says, go, please, unless we all die. And Israel said, uh, may I have your gold and silver and some clothing? Because they were instructed to do so. So what happened was, the Egyptian says, take it and go, lest we die. God arranged that. One of these Sundays, we will start a series on what the Bible says about wealth. What the Bible says about money. I'd like to correct some of our concepts of money. Some of us think money is evil. The Bible said the root of evil is not money. The love of money is the root of many kinds of evil. There's a translation, a mistake in translation in some of the versions. Many sorts of evil. But then God said, I will bless you. And that includes blessing with provision. Israel would both fail in the wealth test and pass the wealth test. We will study that as we go on the series. But yes, they were blessed by God. They left. After they left, God led them. Moses was there, yes, but then it says that there was a pillar of cloud by day. They followed in martial array. Remember, 600,000 men plus the women, probably between 2 to 3 million people. Naga residents are perhaps numbered around 100,000. Can you imagine the size of this, of this nation? So there was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Um, some said it was just Moses putting up uh, a torch. So in the day, it's smoke. At night, it's fire. Of course, some scholars believe, no, this is a supernatural occurrence. I lean more on the supernatural occurrence. I mean, how can you not believe in the supernatural after the ten plagues, right? Plus, the, there will be an opening of the Red Sea. So God led Israel through the wilderness, so they were here from Egypt, okay? They were where they, they, they stayed. Then they have to walk through the wilderness, which is the Sinai Peninsula today, which some say Mount Sinai is there. Other scholars are saying, no, Mount Sinai is actually in Saudi Arabia, the Arabian Peninsula, not in what they call the Sinai Peninsula. Of course, there would be evidence that they passed through the Sinai Peninsula because there were 600,000 men plus women and children who passed there. And they ended up in a place called Piharihot, okay, where they have to cross through the Red Sea, the Sea of Reeds, and go to Mount Sinai. God led Israel through the wilderness to the Red Sea. He did not lead them through the shorter way. What's the shorter way? If this is where they stayed, the shorter way to Israel is this way, not through this way. However, the problem is the Philistines are here. The Philistines. It's another nation. And this would cause the biggest war problems against Israel in the future. So God said, not there. I will not lead you there. I'll lead you another place. So God led them through the longer way, not the shorter way. 
lest people see war and become afraid. You see, they just escape slavery. Even though there, there are 600,000 men, we can go to war with 600,000 men, but it's not yet time. It was not yet time to go to war. The short way is not always God's way or the right way. God's path may be different from the obvious. You see, we do life planning, a lot of us. In fact, I teach a course on, on life planning. I just finished two eight-hour courses. I was invited by UNC. Though I'm a professor in Ateneo Dinaga, I was invited to speak to their graduate school students. And I shared about how we would plan life in the practical, logical, effective ways. However, what I must share to you is beyond what I shared there, which is we still have to follow God's specific leading for us. Why? We might in our minds think the short way is this way, but that is not God's way. That is not always God's way. Sometimes it is God's way, but there are times the longer way is better because of what? His purpose. His purpose was not to give Israel any other problems at this time except Egypt. Oh yeah, except Egypt. You see, it seems that the Lord is not done, was not done with Pharaoh. Pharaoh still has one more judgment coming. And it's the death of his soldiers and his magnificent chariots. They will die in the Red Sea. God was not done with them. Can you say with me, God's way is the best way. Not my way. Believers must think, I want to do it God's way. That's why we study the Holy Scriptures. That's why we, we pray for God's clarity in our minds. Yet at the same time, surrender the obvious. Surrender the logical. Although logic is not wrong, we must use logic in decisions. Yet there is a higher being. There is a higher purpose always. And I trust in God's purpose. Number two, Moses remembered to bring the bones of Joseph. You'll find it in verse 19. He remembered to bring the bones of Joseph. For Joseph made the sons of Israel promise to bring his bones when they leave Egypt. Who's Joseph? The, the man God used to save the world, especially Egypt, during a time of famine. Joseph was considered a son of Egypt. He was Egyptian royalty, given a wife of royalty in Egypt by Pharaoh himself. If you remember the time when, uh, when Jacob was expecting Joseph, there was a story in Genesis when Joseph uh, came Jacob sit up straight, although he was weak. Usually the patriarch, the father, would just let the sons come in and lie down. But this was Joseph coming in. Why? There would be somehow, somehow there would be an identity crisis here. You know, that's why Jacob named Manasseh and Ephraim as tribe leaders instead of Joseph. You remember that? It's the sons. That's why through the scriptures, you would see the tribe of Ephraim and Manasseh. They're actually Joseph's tribe. Because Joseph was taken in by the Egyptians. He is considered a son of Egypt. 
But Joseph would say, there will come a time, God will help you, God will visit you. When you leave Egypt, take my bones, for I want to be buried in my father's land. What does that mean? He identified as an Israelite more than an Egyptian. His bones, his memorial will not be in Egypt. Although the Egyptians consider him a hero, a son of Egypt, a prince of Egypt. Yet he would say no. So he was buried. Took a long time though. Why? They will not enter the promised land. And the story, we'll tell the story as we go on. So he was buried in Joshua. You'll find it in Joshua 24, 32. Remember, when I cross-reference, it's because it can be cross-reference. If there's another verse, it should be logically connected based on its context. You cannot just connect many verses and create a new lesson. But here it is clear. We're talking about the bones of Joseph. In Joshua 24, he was buried there in Shechem, one of the properties that Jacob bought. So this is significant. Even though it's just a few verses or just, just one verse, it's significant. Why? Joseph. The, what Joseph asked the sons of Israel to promise them, Moses would fulfill that promise. Sometimes we should not forget history, right? And if, be careful with our word. Sometimes our word here is so, doesn't have too much value. The Bible did say, let your yes be yes and no be, no be no. In fact, no need to say promise. Why do we have to add the word, do you promise? Because we don't trust so much in the word of others. Like for example, some small things, from small things to big things. I'll see you at 10 o'clock. Then you arrive 10.30, right? And you don't even have the courtesy to apologize, nor the courtesy to say, I will be late, I am sorry. At least fix the wrong you've done. Because the word is so cheap. If you make your word strong, more people will trust you. That's why I seldom make commitments. I say, let me check. And once I've checked and I'm available, I do my best. I commit to be there. And if I can't be there, the impossibility of it... I need to apologize, and I need to fix that at another time. Because the word is important. But you know, we Filipinos, to avoid the awkwardness of the face-to-face, -face, right? We just rather say, okay, I'll go. Even though in your heart, it's a no. Some of you even try to change it. I'll try. I know that's a no. For most, you're going to try, you liar. Just say no if you won't come. At least I don't have to cook for you, right? Now, that's a very small application. But you see, the Bible did say if we can be faithful in small things, if we can be trusted in small things, then we will be entrusted with greater things. We operate in a different set of rules than the world. Pharaoh was rich, but he was judged, right? Oh, God can bless. Israel was enriched by God. But they operate in a different set of rules. Once you commit to the Lord Jesus Christ, you put yourself under a different set. 
Because now you have a relationship with him and you have a covenant with him. It's an agreement between two parties. You and God through Christ. So Moses, a descendant of Levi, said, I will fulfill the word that my fathers gave. The promise that my fathers gave, I will fulfill. It's not even his word, right? It was a promise of his fathers. And he still fulfilled it. Is your word good? Oh, please learn. Do not be influenced or infected by our culture. Our prime, we must be rooted in God's word above whatever culture you live in. Whether you live in the United States, whether you live in UK, or whether in Dubai, whether in the Philippines, whatever, wherever. The culture should not affect us because we are first deeply rooted in God's word. The culture we live in is secondary. And if it is only aligned to God's word. For example, here we have the culture of Mano. I like that because the Bible did teach us respect. It's aligned, right? It is aligned. But our culture of spending for fiesta and Christmas and birthday, too much spending that we have to borrow money, that is not aligned to Scripture. Joseph, let's go back to Joseph. Joseph identified with the people of God. Okay, who are your friends, my friends? Are you my friend? I'd like to think so. Oh, I wish I have more time. If I can be a friend of everyone here in terms of time, one day, but with God's will. But who do you identify with? You see, in the, among the people of God, we are not perfect. Nobody is perfect. But we can say a lot of us have changed already for the better by God's grace. Now, won't you agree there are certain changes that the Word of God did in your life? But the, your seekmate will never be perfect. But the thing is, identify with God's people. Well, how, what, in what sense do we identify? We identify with studying the word and being rooted in the word. And we'd rather follow the word than anybody else. We live in a world where it's fan-based. Everything is fan-based, right? Well, not all cultures are like that, but our culture is part of that. We follow so much this, this American culture of fan base. Celebrities, right? Politicians, fan base. Whatever they say is okay. Fan based, without critical thinking, without, without honest assessment. Even in preachers, some are fan based, without checking the word of God. I discourage you to be my fan. Follow God's word. If I preach God's word, please follow that. If I am aligned to God's word, please follow that. But I don't need fans. Some would follow this preacher and everything he says is okay. Oh, come on. Some of them have really bad theology. Really bad, but they're popular in TV. Really bad theology. That's why we ask you, you yourself should read the Bible from cover to cover. 
and understand all its background, so every verse, you have a more clear meaning. That's why when somebody preaches to you, because you know it, you are like the Bereans in Acts 17. Let's check if that is really true. Let's check if that's really true. Yesterday, I was moving around YouTube, so there's this popular preacher. And I was saying, oh, just follow Jesus. He's good theology. I said, oh, sounds right. But then he adds, did Jesus give cancer? Did Jesus give sickness? If he didn't, then you should not be sick at all. Okay, wow. That's putting it dangerously because God in the Old Testament put boils in the Egyptians, right? Uh, well, well, Jesus said he was seeing me as seeing the Father. So if Jesus did, didn't give cancer, ah, you are now isolating several verses of Scripture outside. You're putting it outside the whole context of Scripture. Are you listening? Oh, don't believe what I say. Gee, Exodus 13, go home. Go home. Line by line, check it. Listen to the video. And be like the Berean. Because if you're still my fan without checking the word, then I'm not doing my job. Are we there? But I want a community that seeks God's word. Okay. Moses would be corrected by his father-in-law. Oh, I'm more than willing. But if I see you being a fan of such preacher and such preacher and not checking it, oh boy, let me clean your mind. You hear me? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You know what that means? If it's not in heaven, it shouldn't be here. Oh, another bad theology. When you pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, you're praying for God's will to be done. And where he is, the will of God is done, that's where he rules. That's why we say, you are my Lord. It means I want to follow your will. That's what it means. Then he said, so you see sickness in heaven? So it means there should never be sickness here. Oh boy. There's something wrong with your faith if you are sick. So, you see, in heaven, there's no marriage. And there's no sex, by the way. So, you're praying that, so which means there should be no marriage here. Again, bad theology. We follow the word of God, the lead of God. Okay? Amen? Okay. Oh. Isn't he a good Christian? He said nice things. Well, sure, listen to nine things. But priority is, is that biblical. Right? Uh, God helps those who help themselves. Is that in the Bible? No. No, 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 no. That is not in the Bible. The Bible did say there are divine laws in place. Well, it did not say that. But if you sow, you shall reap. If you do this, you shall have this. But it never did say the exact phrase. God helps those who help themselves. 
That is what we call nice to the ear, but not accurate from the word of God. All right? Nice cliches, Christian cliches. Just because we preachers say it, you believe it. Be like the Bereans. No, I'm not saying don't believe us. I'm saying if we are not aligned to God's word, please do not. But if we are aligned to God's word, please do. You know, one, one trait of the Pharisee in Matthew 23, they add more, more heaviness on God's people in terms of what to obey that the Bible did not say, that the Old Testament did not say. Well, they, they added rules and laws. So, my friends, the Bible is already a thick book, right? Will you add more to that? Will you add more rituals and sacraments to that? Will you add to that? No, no, let's not add to it. So what the Bible says is sin is sin. If the Bible did not say it's a sin, please don't tell others it's a sin because you're acting like a Pharisee. Okay? So somebody asks me about some things. I said, no, it's not a sin, but I don't recommend it. <laughs> Somebody asked me about tattoos. I said, in the Old Testament, for the Jew, they're not supposed to. But for, for this day, for the New Testament, the Bible did not really say that, but I don't recommend it. You know why? I was asking Doc Steve, how come that those with tattoos cannot donate blood? Oh, possible infection. What? They didn't die. Oh, it's probably still there. So it's not necessarily a sin if I see a guy with a tattoo. I'll just treat it as art. No, nice tattoo, but I'm not having one. No, but is it a sin? No, I cannot say it is a sin. Number three, they camped, they traveled by day and traveled by night. God led them by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. It was estimated that the travel could have been three days. They traveled day and night. They walked day and night. Have you tried that walking day and night without stopping? You camped once. You camped once and you walked day and night. Day and night. Day and night, wow, just one night, not even walking, right? Some of you who played games till the morning, right? And you're still awake the next day because you have to go to class. Oh, the pain, and then you're more grumpy, correct? Oh, those with insomnia would know they couldn't sleep. The cure for insomnia is actually turn off Netflix, right? Uh, well, some people really have insomnia. They find it hard to sleep because uh, their, their minds are so active, even without Netflix. But those who know who can't sleep find it the next day harder. And if it's two days, it's harder. And if it's three days, it's harder. Yet the Bible said you'd find it in Psalm 105, 37. They came out with gold and silver and not one of them stumbled. Not one was feeble. God strengthened them. You see... 
God did not bring them this way because they're not ready for that kind of trial. In the future, they will fight the Philistines. Not now. Not yet. The trial should be postponed. Not here. Well, the word is not really postponed. It's really not time to face the Philistines. But there will be something else. You're going to travel. And then you're going to see the Egyptians again. Chasing you. Trying to reclaim you. But not one was feeble when they walked day and night. You see, God strengthened them and led them through the wilderness. Can you say, God gives me strength? With conviction, God gives me strength. If we follow the leading of God, He will give us strength. All right? Yes, He will. If there are times you feel like giving up, follow God's lead instead of your own. Yeah, uh, it's not in the Bible. Follow your heart. That's not in the Bible. You know what the Bible says? The heart is deceitful. Lulukohin ka ng sarili mong puso. Huwag kang maniwala sa lahat. Don't believe everything you feel. Follow your heart. That's why there are many divorce. Much, so much divorce in the U.S., right? Because follow your heart. So all over TV, follow your heart. Is that what your heart is telling you? So we don't say that to one another. Please don't. What do you say? What does the word of God say? If the word of God is gray in that area, it means it's not clear, then pray and discern the will of God through prayer. Not through what I think. No, prayer. Now, having counselors is good as long as they speak from the word. But then you have to also know the context of the word. Not all counselors will, some just throw verses at you without looking at the context. For example, the laws against Israel, the laws of God to Israel does not all apply to us. We are Gentiles, we are not Israeli, okay? We're not Israelites, we are Gentile believers. Many parts of the law do not apply to us. If you think it does, well... Kompletuhin mo kung kaya mo. Oh, the, the, but the Old Testament said it should be a Saturday. Huh? Worship should be a Saturday, not a Sunday. Old Testament, right? Uh, well, uh, we don't eat pork. Well, that's fine if you don't for health reasons. But for sin reasons, you say you don't eat pork. You don't eat shrimp and crab for sin reasons. Because you might commit a sin. Now... You have bad theology because that applies to them, not necessarily to us. Oh, but it's in the Old Testament. Okay, you really want to follow? Every time you have a firstborn in your cattle, in your family, sacrifice a lamb, okay? Every year you go to Jerusalem and sacrifice. Every year, okay? Every year you do the Passover meal. Every year. And every time you sin in those 600 plus laws, 600 plus, you will choose this one and disregard the others? Oh, no, 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 no. That's why it's good to study the scripture in its entirety. Correct? When Paul said, especially to the Gentiles, some say don't eat this, some say don't eat that. Some say drink this, some say don't drink that. Some they say this day is special, some say it doesn't matter. When it's food, just pray. 
and thank God and then eat. All right? Don't even ask, is this offered to idols? No, just eat. Okay? Just eat. If you don't eat for health reasons, good. Right? Some of you don't eat pork for health reasons because your doctor said so. Some of you diabetics, the doctor said stop white rice. Then just stop it for health reasons. Well, some people say, what kind of life is that? Huh? I'd rather die happy. <laughs> so he died with a smile, right? God strengthened them. If we follow it God's way, he will strengthen us, all right? Application, trust God's leading. God's leading, right? Moses was leading the people to follow God, not follow himself. I want to lead you to follow God, not me. Well, there's a, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. That's the exact. If you follow me as I follow Christ, that's why, friends, fellow leaders here, the hardest part in leading people is becoming a model. That they must be able to see in our private lives. And they would say, okay. Problem is we are not perfect, but we strive to be. If you don't follow, lead, make them lead, follow the scriptures. Oh boy, you don't deserve it. If you're making them follow you, how, how does that happen if you share most of your experience? Nothing wrong with sharing experience. But that's more than letting them follow God's word. Oh boy. And you come up with philosophies and reasoning that is not rooted in scripture. Follow, trust God's leading. Through God's way, what will happen? We will evade unnecessary obstacles. No Philistines yet, because that's an unnecessary obstacle now. Some of us, if we don't follow God's leading, we will end up with so much trial that should not be there in the first place. Right? What pilitin? If it's not God's time, don't force it. Don't force yourself to become wealthy. Let God lead you step by step according to the scriptures. Be patient. Do not rush that relationship. Take time to pray. Is this your will, O Lord? Because you will encounter unnecessary trials. That should not be there. Therefore, we must seek His will. We must trust God with all our hearts. And lean not on our own opinions. Can we do that? Surrender our opinions and say, Lord, I'll study your word and what your word says I'll do. And the word of God says, forgive. Oh my Lord, it's hard, it's hard. It says, forgive. It doesn't matter if it's hard, it just says, forgive, okay? Why? There are unnecessary trials if you don't forgive. If you forgive, you'll be set free in your heart, in your mind. You just remember that Jesus forgave your sins, which is many, many sins. And there are people who committed sin against you, maybe one, two, three, or five, or ten times. God has forgiven us more through Jesus Christ. If we just remember, forgive. Oh, it's hard. I can't, I can't. What do you mean you can't? You just make a decision. I decide to forgive in Jesus' name. 
But pastor, if I forgive him in my morning prayers, in the afternoon I hate him again. <laughs> so I say in the afternoon, forgive him again. And again, and again, until such time you don't feel a thing. Trust God. I trust I have to forgive. I'm like, I'm human like everybody. I've been offended so many times. My, if you haven't been offended, you're not human, right? But you know, when you get used to forgiving everybody, somebody offends you, you say, oh, you know, before you even said that, I already forgave you. When I was new here as a senior pastor, I, I talked to the members. I said, forgive me in advance to all the mistakes I will do. So if ever I make a mistake, I said, didn't I ask your forgiveness already? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Number two, always identify with God's people like Joseph. Even beyond death. Even beyond death. You see, we are not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God to salvation. We have to preach the gospel. We have to preach that people repent. We have to preach that they must follow Christ. In fact, that's what Jesus said, follow me. If you want to follow me, deny yourself. I know we've studied Romans, right? That we need to have faith. We need to have repentance. Otherwise, there's the wrath of God. But yet we also know that God has destined many things, all things. But then remember what I shared to you. You never preach, repent. And you will repent if you're really chosen by God. You don't say that. Jesus never preached it that way. The apostles didn't preach it that way. I, I can't say to you, hey, be a good husband. But if you're really a bad husband, maybe that's your destiny. You don't think that way. You don't preach that way. That's only at the back of our minds. Whatever happens, happens. Because all those that must be saved, God already knows. But what do we do? I told you, Paul was proactively sharing God's word. Paul was all proactively telling them to change their lives. So I say to you, please commit to the Lord Jesus Christ. But if the back of my mind, if you end up in hell, well, sorry. But I preached. We are not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation. Friends, our lives must reflect his message. Say, my life must reflect his message. Let me say this. Our deaths must memorialize his message. Say it. Our deaths must memorialize his message. And what I like about Joseph's life, his bones huh? and our memorial, the remembrance of us must echo through the halls of time. Say it. Our memorial, our memorial. must echo it, the message, must echo it through the halls of time. You see, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, and your great-great-grandchildren Somehow the parents and the grandfathers will tell a story. Oh, I had a father once. I had a mother once who were so committed to God's word. Oh, you know, I had a really, really bad father, but Jesus changed his life. And the remainder of his life, he was a new man reflecting the message of Jesus. 
Oh, 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 my father and my parents before could not get along. But when they, they decided to commit to Christ, somehow their, their marriage improved a great deal. Through the halls of time, our stories must be told. And lastly, follow God's lead, which is through Christ, as revealed in the Holy Scriptures. As revealed in the Holy Scriptures. Amen? Amen? If we follow, we shall never be alone in our spiritual journey. Never be alone. Yeah, yeah, I need you to commit 100% to Christ. By His grace, He, He will reveal Himself to you through the Holy Scriptures. It will be beautiful. And maybe some of you don't understand that yet, but I pray you do. But it happens after a commitment to Christ. And then a hunger to know His will. Because you're surrendered to Him, you want to know His will. You know what happens? The beauty of scripture comes out. And you become hungry for it. Hungry. You try to look for it. You want to taste it. You want to meditate on it. If you have not been there, I pray that you will be. You know why? If you truly value your relationship with Christ. If we truly value our relationship with Christ. We cannot separate it from his word. You know, he is the, the word of God called the living word. The Bible is called the written word. And the living word and the written word cannot be separated. In fact, I'd like to say how you treat God's word is how you treat him. Is how you treat God. If you ignore God's word, then you ignore him in this relationship. Even though you pray. Even though you pray. You're, you know, some of you are one-way talkers in your spiritual life. You just talk, talk, talk. Pray, pray. I need this, Lord. Bless me, Lord. Do this, Lord. Tulungan mo ko dito, Lord. Help me, Lord. But they're not willing to listen. Talk to counselors of marriages, including myself. Marriages that are one-way is not a healthy marriage. There must be that point both listen. Both have a chance to share. Without prejudgment. Both opinions are heard. But both would say, I could be wrong. Let's find the best solution. Not, ito dapat kasi. Tapos nagkamali yung partner mo. Hmm, sabi na. Nom, nom. Shh. If the spouse makes a mistake, Allow them to absorb it. Give them the chance, the space to admit, sorry, I'm wrong. Pagkinunahan mo na, nom! Sinira mo yung atmosphere. You just destroyed the atmosphere. You just took from him or her the opportunity to say, my mistake. It would have been nice. But you ruined it. You ruined it. Many times we say to people we counsel, you're ruining it. Too many words. Well, husbands don't, most husbands don't have problems with too many words. The problem is they don't say anything, right? <laughs> say something, brother. 
Say that you love her no matter what, okay? We will not be alone in our spiritual journey if we follow him. Follow him. And you know what? As they walked out of the wilderness, through the wilderness I mean, not one was feeble or weak, yet they traveled day and night. There are times in our spiritual journey which at times it will be hard to be faithful to God. But I say to you, stand strong, be faithful, obey God's word, even if it seems it's negative for you. Even it seems you, are, you will be put in a disadvantage. Follow God's word because you have to trust him because he will strengthen you and you will finish well. We will finish well. Oh, God wants us to follow him because he cares for us. He wanted to protect Israel. That's why follow me. And God led them through a path. The path wasn't easy, but he strengthened them. They had to walk. They had to walk. There was a lot of discomfort. Sometimes following Jesus will create discomfort. But I say to you, keep following him. For he will strengthen you through the discomfort. Do not follow the easy way. Because the easy way, there are unnecessary trials that you might face there. Don't go there. Just follow God's word to avoid so many of these heartaches and problems. Our God is good. It's good to follow Jesus. But to follow Jesus, we must surrender ourselves to him. Lord, take my life. I am yours. I am yours. It's a covenant greater than marriage. Lord, I am yours. I will follow you. It's that. All of me. My mind, my heart, my emotions, my decisions, my waking up, my sleeping, it is yours. And with this commitment, with this fellowship I have with you, with this relationship, it's better than anything else. It's better than anyone else. Better than friends, better than family. Yet, I take care of my family and bless my friends in his name because I have such a commitment to you. Let us all rise and let us pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your grace and your goodness. It is worth following you. Lord, you led Israel. They follow that pillar of cloud and fire. Day and night they followed. You, avoided, you made them avoid the Philistines for a purpose. Teach us to follow you that we may avoid the unnecessary problems in this life. That we may only face the problems you want us to face within your plan. You planned Israel to see your judgment on Egypt. Yet it gave them a scare and a fright. Lord, remove the fright. Remove the fear of man from us. May the fear of God alone stay within our hearts. May our desire and love and trust in you make us follow you all the way. Let's all rise. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. God's people say, Palakpakan natin ang Panginoon.